0: Welcome to the Inside Startup Investing Podcast, powered by King's Crowd. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lestruno. From discussions with founders and VCs to industry experts and special guests, we want to provide you with the inside scoop on all things startup investing. Whether you're investing $50 a deal or $500,000 a deal, we have the stories you need to hear before clicking invest. From the metaverse to spaceflight and beyond, join us as we explore the world of startup investing for all. And now on to this week's episode hello everyone and welcome to another episode of inside startup investing as always i'm your host chris Lestrino, founder and ceo of king's crowd today we are talking with grichka freshis who is the ceo of cubo uh, this is a really cool company i am someone who uh, likes smoothies i like to make smoothies um, but I absolutely hate the process. And thus I rarely have smoothies at home. My wife is a little bit better about it, uh, and puts more effort into it, but it's something that I always want, but find to be way too much work. So I was actually really intrigued by this business, uh, because of what they're working on and how they might actually solve, uh, this unique problem. So without giving away too much, uh, let's hop on it and have Kritchka tell us a little bit more about himself. And uh, and what they're up to at Kubo, Grichkin, Nice, nice to
1: have you here today. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for for having me as well, and uh, for having Kubo uh, uh, on your channel. That we really, really appreciate it, and thank you for a great comment. I mean, that's uh, exactly why Kubo was born. So I'm the CEO of Kubo, uh, but Nicholas, our founder, who couldn't uh, make it today uh, today, actually created Kubo because every morning he had to um, feed his three kids, but he was always running late. Like he always wanted to, you know, like have healthy options was making smoothies and was always running late. So as an engineer was like, okay, like I'm going to try to find a solution to make that happen because he never saw anything available on the market, like to make smoothie easily. So he decided to like build its own machine for his personal use to make his life easier. And when his friends were coming home, they were like, oh, my God, I want one. So that's when he realized that there was a business opportunity. And basically, in a long story short, but Kubo was born.
0: Really cool. I love when when problems are solved by your your own life experience. Honestly, I don't think he's the only one who has felt that way. We probably just don't have the engineering background to go about actually solving it. I know there's been many mornings where my wife and I look at each other and we're like, we want a smoothie? Then we think of (laughs) pulling out all the ingredients. Making a thing, having to clean the blender—I mean, it's a disaster. So, tell us a little bit about the product and how it actually works. Definitely.
1: So we we like to, you know, like the the one second pitch basically is like we are the Keurig of everything else. That's how you know people um, refer um, as Kuba. So. We have a strong focus on functional beverages to like improve your health. So to help you like wake up, sleep better, uh, have a slower release of energy. So Kubo can make virtually like anything. So smoothies, as you mentioned, it, hot and cold lattes, soups, mocktails, um, juices, obviously, booster shots. And the process is very, very simple. Our chef has developed recipes that fit in little pods. The pods are frozen. So every pod, uh, we don't add any sugar, any preservatives or any food dyes. It's all natural. You pop a pod in our machine. You press start and then the blender does the rest. So you just need water in a tank, obviously, and electricity. And then the blender will dispense your your beverage within a minute. And the best part, as you were mentioning at the very beginning, but the machine is self-cleaning. So a self-cleaning cycle will take about 20, 20 seconds in between every beverages, and then it's ready for, for another one. And then we've decided to go um, B2C as a stepping stone to B2... No, B2B, sorry, as a stepping stone to B2C. So why is that? Because we, we realized that, you know, the customer cost acquisition to go in your household, like in an individual household, is very high. We would have to spend, we're a new brand, obviously, we would have to spend a lot of money advertising, most likely on Instagram on Facebook and on other social medias, while we're, we're seeing like a lot of traction in businesses. So to give you a very simple and concrete example, we are in co-working spaces, so hundreds of members are using or seeing our product every day, and then they're intrigued. They're usually like liking it, loving it. So they email us. They reach out to us to be like, hey, I want one in my house. So we are building that sales funnel while generating revenue, selling pods to, the, to those uh, co-working space or other types of businesses. So that's the, the initial strategy for the go-to market that Kubo elected.
0: Understood. Now, tell me, you know, for people who go to business school or have you ever taken a business class, you probably heard of the, the old razor razor blade model, right? Which is you sell the razor at a pretty good price yep. and then you charge them for the razor blade over time. That's how you really make your money. So yep. it sounds like the pods is probably where you really get your money. So how much is the upstart cost of a Cubo and then how much do you have to pay uh, per pod going forward?
1: very good question so definitely like we're definitely using the razor blade model so we provide the machine for free to businesses so right now we're in as i mentioned co-working spaces but uh, corporate offices uh, beauty salons gyms uh, restaurants coffee places car dealerships uh, lounges etc and we to having a pretty aggressive strategy as we're new on the market, we provide that machine for free uh, with a minimum order, of course, um, agreed. And uh, we sell our pods $2.99 per pod. So they come in cases of 43 and that's how we basically make our money, not on the hardware, but uh, on the consumable, the pods. Let's start by the beginning. So Kubo just launched to market a few months ago, like three months ago, let's call it three months ago. But we started R&D on our product six years ago. So um, our COO and co-founder, Dennis, like, spent three years in China where our machine is manufactured to make sure that... Our product is bulletproof. We improved the machine many times. We went back to to a drawing board many times to improve some features, like make sure the machine was bulletproof. We did some life accelerated cycles over 10,000 cycles to get and to have the product that we have right now. Um, And the pods, obviously, are manufactured locally here. We're based in Los Angeles, and our manufacturing facility for the pods is in Orange County, so an hour from L.A., basically. So that's why we were able to manufacture and design a product that's very well designed and that doesn't cost too much money and it can be amortized very quickly on the razor blade model, as you were mentioning at the beginning.
0: I'd love to dive in on, on the actual smoothie and the pod. First question for you here is have you done a side by side comparison of how does a a real smoothie, right, that you kind of mix on site compare? to your solution and how do people feel about that? Do they like this smoothie just as much as a smoothie they'd make on their own? Do you have any kind of data or, or general suggestions of what that looks like?
1: Actually, yeah, we did a lot of test panels um, and people are just impressed by the, the the flavor and the taste of our beverage. Like the, the the wording we get the most is it tastes fresh. It tastes clean. So at the beginning, you know, like we realized some people could perceive the fact that the pods are frozen as a barrier, but that we turned out to our advantage because there is a very simple answer to that. Like freezing is just a way to conserve food. Like there is nothing wrong with freezing, it's just a way to preserve food. It's way healthier than adding some artificial preservatives. Second, like usually fresh fruits that you buy in a, in a store have been harvested like green and are maturing or ripening in the container or in a truck, in the back of a truck under a nitrogen like atmosphere to make sure they don't go bad like while they travel. Our fruit purees are usually harvested at peak of their ripeness and then are frozen at that specific moment. And the fact that they are frozen also preserves the nutrients of the fruits that are inside of our pods. Over time, A fresh, like let's take the example of fresh spinach, but fresh spinach, if you leave them in your fridge for a week, they lose their nutritional values. Like frozen spinach have four times more nutrients than fresh spinach, spinach because they have lost their nutrients over like a week. So that's basically like what we're trying to 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 educate people with that frozen like freezing ingredients is just a way to conserve them and there is nothing wrong about it and the taste is just as great uh, as if you were making it freshly
0: understood and now let's talk a little bit about the technology so you have a pod i'm imagining this pod is relatively small and then you're making a full-size smoothie so is there ice and water and other things being pulled into the solution as you mix it
1: so, the pod is four ounces, so it's like, you know, a couple inches. So, it's bigger than an espresso sp- pod, but it's still very small, you're right. And basically, um, so the pod, because it's frozen, is basically a big ice cube, right? So, when you insert that pod in the machine, there is a piston that pushes the back of the pod, so that releases that like ice cube in the chamber where there is the blender. The plastic part of the pod is being crushed and discarded in the pot bin that's on the Kubo machine. The chamber closes. Some water from the water tank of the Kubo machine is injected in that chamber. And then the blender starts uh, rotating so, and mixing that perfect like, ratio of water to that you know ice cube with frozen fruits inside for a minute. And then the, the juice is released by the spout or the smoothie or the beverage. After that, some water is being heated and injected over the whole system to clean the system. And 20 seconds later, the little slide door unlocks and you can make another beverage right away. And, you know, we we, we talked a lot about the machine, but the pod themselves are are also full of technology. Like every pod, uh, every Kubo pod has a chip uh, on its lid. Why? For a few reasons. The first reason is for um, revenue protection. So no counterfeit pods can be used in our Kubo machine. We have 17 patents on our technology, but, you know, you can never be too safe, right? So to protect our investors and the business, it's always a good idea. Second, that chip is also a way, that RFID chip is also the way um, for the machine to communicate with the pod. Um so every chip is programmed with what's inside the pod. So if let's say you're making a matcha latte, because the machine will know that's a matcha latte in the pod, it will be able to give you two options, hot and cold. Obviously, if you're inserting a carrot booster juice pod, we won't give you the option to make a hot one because it would be disgusting. And finally, you know, the last uh, very important point uh, of having a chip in every pod is to also capture data, so we can know when our clients uh, use their pods, what recipes they prefer, if there have been an issue with the machine, like you know, your iPhone, for instance, obviously sends data to Apple. Uh, we we do the same to make sure that um, everything you know uh, is always up to uh, Kubo standards. So that's the technology behind Kubo there.
0: It sounds like a a really, really cool technology. I'd be really interested to hear from you. You know, you're starting to go to market, you're implementing these machines in places like gyms and some restaurants. Um, It makes a ton of sense from my perspective, if you could provide a fresh tasting smoothie and other assorted drinks, but mostly the smoothie, um, and you can provide it at a premium price point, right? If you're paying 2.99 a pod, oftentimes you could sell those for eight or $10. What has been the biggest pushback to not wanting to utilize your product in their stores or locations?
1: I would start with the vertical testing approach because there's so many applications to Kubo, like so many in so many different businesses. So that's why that first phase of business for us is to test different verticals. So I mentioned, you know, the restaurants, the co-working space, et cetera, and every verticals has their own pushbacks. So that's why, you know, like for the last three months, we've done what we call that vertical exploration, where we're mostly focusing on identifying the three verticals where we should, you know, invest our resources on, because we always say, you no, know, it's important to learn how to crawl, walk and run. Right now we're walking and then we'll be ready soon to run in the right verticals. So I have a strong um, restaurant background. I started like some restaurant chains a few years ago. And so for me, it was the low hanging fruits. I went to see a bunch of my contacts. I was like, hey guys, just put a Kubo machine in your restaurant or some chefs. Let me know what you think. You know, that was my first approach. And I realized that the restaurant space for instance wasn't one of those three verticals we should select. Why? Because there is too much offering in a restaurant. Like first, Kubo is lost in between like 50 different types of beverages you can have in restaurants. Second, restaurateurs are people who are usually technology ad- ad- adverse. Like That's a usual trend. Uh, it's a complicated business. It's a penny business. Uh, so they're trying to save on cost everywhere. And culturally, a restaurateur is here to make food for someone. So they, they, they take pride, right, in making good food for someone. And having a beverage coming out of a machine is not necessarily in their DNA. So that was the first put, pushback we got. But on the opposite side, though, we saw amazing acceptance in verticals such as uh, corporate offices, um, uh, co-working spaces, and lounges. Why? Because we... we, we like to call them controlled environment. It's mostly the same people who come over and over, either employees of a company, either members of a co-working space, members of a gym. And they, because we're a new brand, which is a pushback, obviously, people get familiar over time with our product. And we can do that customer education in a uh, very smooth way and natural way in those types of verticals. Whereas, we did put a machine in the gas station that didn't go well because in a gas station, you have like thousands of products. People are here literally for a minute, either to buy a sandwich or to put gas in their car. And you have like two seconds to grab their attention among like thousands of products that are already known. So definitely, you know, why going there fighting a battle that's too complicated, and not worth it. While we're seeing an amazing traction, And great responses in those controlled environment verticals I just mentioned. So these were the pushback that we saw, and that's how we basically address them, I would say.
0: It makes a ton of sense. And I'm curious, one one other one that kind of was sticking out of my mind is gyms, because I feel like a gym oftentimes isn't well-equipped to do those things, but wants to offer them. Um, Have you had any traction there?
1: Yeah, so we are actually in a couple of gyms uh, here in LA, uh, Paradiso CrossFit uh, in Venice and in Culver City, so very small chain, and they're actually a very iconic uh, gym for, for workout people. And I'm not a big gym guy personally, I like to swim, but I, I don't go to the gym. But uh, yes, no, we're seeing great traction there. And you know, also, uh, so we have deployed two machines in gyms, and I'm talking now to what we call big box gyms like way bigger chain and you know that's always the process right We go to smaller players, validate our traction and then we're trying to go a step above and go to bigger players to invade the market more easily and not go door to door and and spend too much resources there. but w- what I also love in that uh, gym space is that we got so much advice from uh, David who is the, the the gym owner actually and from his members we need to adapt. Recipes per vertical and gym is a very specific one. We wanted to go the protein way first. Like we're like, okay, let's just we created a couple of protein shakes. We're like, okay, let's sell protein. Gym people like protein, you know, very cliche. We we were like, okay. And then we realized that obviously there are already, you know, like protein drinks sold in fridges in gym, like cold drinks, with like 30 grams of protein. Like for us, I mean it would be hard to compete on those kinds of amount of protein for technical re- Like thirty grams is is a lot of proteins. So I talked to David, the Gym owner, and I'm like, hey David, like, we you know what what beverage would you like to see? he said, like, Grishka, very, very simple. What I want to see from your Kubo Machine, in my business, is hot beverages with protein. Just developed a better hot because they All the gyms only usually serve cold booster shot or cold protein shots in those fridges, but nobody has hot protein drink. The beauty of Kubo is that we can make those. Like nobody else on the market can do that. So that's what we're developing right now, specifically for the gym, while they're already using, you know, our regular smoothies and beverages. But I think, you know, we're improving our our offer per segments as we go with the feedback of our current clients.
0: So at $2.99 per pod. Can you break down a little bit of the economics of, of each pod?
1: Yeah, we basically uh, are close to a 60% margin on every pod. So that's uh, that's the, the math behind it. And that's how we know in uh, two to three months, uh, depending on the, the volumes, but we could uh, amortize the cost of a machine per business. And, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that at the very beginning. Um, if, you know, the, the minimum order is not reached, we're charging... A, a small rent um on our on our machines to make sure that we amortize the cost of the machine so basically i mean every pod is generating pro revenues and profits to to kubo so long story short like 60 percent margin on every on pods uh on average for for our company and more with That's economies great. of scale. yeah
0: so as you think about the next 12 months what are some of the kind of key focus areas um, growth metrics, things that you're looking to accomplish with Cubo?
1: I would say next year, we would like to see uh, like 400 machines out. Now, I think we're very close to having selected the right uh, verticals. Uh, we have initiated uh, discussions with um Major leading procurement companies for the hospitality industry, where we think there is a huge um, potential for Kubo, and distributors like one big. Uh, the way we will we're gonna distribute our our pods and machines are through distributors. We don't want to start hiring like tens and tens of salespeople, having to train them, more new product, like having to build their client base, spending a lot of resources there. The way to go, we believe, is to go with distributors or companies that already have a foot uh, in those kinds of, of of spaces and then start from there and piggyback on their network. So we've done it for procurement uh, companies, like from the leading actually procurement companies uh, in the hospitality industry that is currently um, having a Kubo machine and gave us only but good feedback. So now, you know, some negotiation needs to, to take place uh we're also you know talking to big airport lounges operators uh to try to go you know big right away like instead of going door to door going to multiple locations at the same time and yet the goal would be to have around 400 machines deployed deployed in the next 12 months we need to place a big order of machine because we we still have some on hands but you know that's why we're, we're raising money also. Part of the of the money we're currently raising in our round of funding is to place a 1,000 uh, machines order so we can deploy our strategy fully.
0: Based on when you're listening to this, it may or may not still be available, but you are currently raising capital on WeFunder. Um, for those who are kind of on the line, what's, what's your last pitch, your last thoughts um, on why they might be interested in investing in Cuba?
1: Well, one thing, you know, I didn't say since the beginning, but so I I mentioned we were a hybrid company, right? Six years of R&D, and and there was like a couple of years of break with COVID, obviously, uh, and three months on the market. Um, But those last six years were financed, were self-financed by uh, our founding team. Nicholas uh, luckily was able to put like over $2.5 million uh, of his own money to finance those last six years. So why am I saying that like to emphasize that the founding team uh, has skin in the game and has a lot of skin in the game so you're not you know if you're choosing to invest in Kubo you're not just you know betting on something that might work like we have a lot of skin in the game we have a lot of data we have a lot of market traction we have machines out uh market validation is here you know significant investment from the founding team so it's for startup, quote-unquote, I would say um, that investment makes a lot of sense. And we are currently raising on WeFunder, closing our round very soon. We have raised so far in that round $720,000. And I've also decided um, and have a few like institutional investors lined up because we think a good mix of like individuals who we believe are our best ambassadors and the expertise or the notoriety of um, institutional investor would be self, you know, beneficial for 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 the both. So we have recently closed uh, an important basketball player. I cannot say his name right now, but we have closed him already. So that will benefit everybody's investment. And uh, we are we have a couple institutional investor with more uh, distribution and um, and management expertise that are about. In negotiation, in advanced negotiation, to put money into Kubo, so that's that's where we are right now, actually, as as an investment uh, phase.
0: Fantastic. Well, that that's extremely exciting for investors, and thank you for giving us kind of this full update. Really interesting company. I I think it's very exciting. I I love the Keurig for everything else, right? That isn't coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, It's certainly a cool company and a really interesting technology. Uh, and appreciate having the time today to speak with you and learn more about your business. So best of luck to you. And for those who are interested, as we mentioned, uh, based on when you're listening to this, you may be able to still go to WeFunder, check out Cubo and invest. Thank you so much, Kritchka, for your time today. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Chris, for your time. And thank you for everybody who was listening and interested.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. Before you go, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a positive review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to like and share our latest episodes. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more about how we can help you manage your startup investing search, diligence, and management at Kingscrowd. check us out at kingscrowd.com. Thanks, and until next time, happy investing.